Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up Uninhibited. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those days, man. I mean, I'm 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 fine. I'm not I'm not I'm just in one of those off moods. A little like, bit of a funk. I'm not ang I'm I'm yeah, man, I don't know what it is. I'm I'm not an ang- I'm not angry at anybody or anyone. I'm just I'm not feeling the world today. I'm not. Eh. No, I understand. I'm just. Eh. <laughs> I mean, I want to kick fake puppies, fake ones, so you know they don't really get real ones would get hurt, but fake ones I'd kick the shit out and of. And not like, like, give me a stuffed puppy to kick. Oh, well, I was gonna say not maybe not yeah. a stuffed puppy, but like, like a fake puppy that feels like a real puppy. <laughs> No, 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 because that would hurt my real foot. <laughs> um, so, uh, you may get, uh, audience, hi, uh, you may have noticed that my audio quality has changed a bit. Uh, we learned last episode, was it last episode or the episode before that? Regardless, we, the episode before, <laughs> we learned that I've been using oh, my mic correctly. here's the thing. Yeah, and I always did the best with what I could to make you sound better. And 98% of the time you did sound better, but now that I realized you weren't using your microphone properly, so it's there's a huge difference when it comes to editing your audio yeah, now. To to be fair, I didn't know that I could use my mic like this because this was given to me by a friend, and it it's designed to fit on the back of a laptop screen. Um, so what I did was I basically have a, a a box sitting in front of me with the, uh, stand that I bought for my switch to use it. Like basically if I want to have my switch in front of me, like a small TV while I'm playing with a controller, I have a small stand for that. Well, I learned that the device fits perfectly on that and I can have it really close to my mouth. Um, like you have a microphone tripod a bit, like a mounted mic, a very yeah a very makeshift one um but uh yeah once i learned to do that now i sound better you do you do and that's gonna make my job much easier huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad so, to, I'm, yeah you. i'm glad to hear that because i listened to the, i listened back on the podcast and i was just like man i sound like garbage i wonder how i can fix it i'm gonna bring my mic closer and then <laughs> You were just like, holy shit, it's night and day. And I listened back on episodes, I was well, like, yeah, it in, is. In the live sessions, when we're actually recording, like right now, you sound perfectly fine to me. It's something that always sounded different in post, and I was like, what the fuck? What it is, is is the difference, the major difference is, is that I'm not two to three feet from my mic. I'm now two to three inches yeah, from my mic. Exactly, which is where you want to be. Right. And, you know, we don't do this podcast live, so I couldn't see that he wasn't 
right up on the mic. And I, and I don't edit it, so I wasn't really hearing my voice that well. Like, I was listening yeah. through the edited version, so maybe I wasn't getting the the um, raw unedited version. So, whatever. We fixed it. We figured it out. Oh, man. Yeah, the raw unedited version is damn near unlistenable sometimes. I, yeah, I know. I get that now. I mean, I I have to... I have to bring the voice down in mine and bring the the or the bass down in my voice and the bass up in your voice to kind of level them out. Yeah. And then, you know, my, uh, like I'll drop mine like eight to nine decibels and yours I only drop five or six, uh, to keep us even. Right. But yeah, there's a few other things that I do when it comes to the equalization and uh, the compression and the noise gates and all that. So. Yeah, one of one of my big things about audio when it comes to either podcasts or streaming or whatever I'm doing is um, I always want to make sure that it sounds as crystal and good as it possibly can. I want to make the audio. There was somebody somebody said this who does po- uh, streaming. He was like. He was like, you can have okay video. You can have a a face cam if you want. If players can't hear everything on an equal level, like they can hear the game and you perfectly and they have no issues, then you're not going to have a good stream, period. Um, And that translates to every fucking thing else that you do in terms of entertainment. Um, If the audience can't can't hear you, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. Your voice should definitely override the gameplay. Yeah, let them hear some of the gameplay. Let them hear some of the music. And sometimes stop to let them appreciate it, too. But they're there for you. You know, you need to have a crystal clear sounding setup. And it is good to have a camera, too. Not everybody uses one but of course there's really only one major streamer out there that doesn't use one that's as successful as he is you know he's the exception to the rule yeah a lot of uh a lot of gta role players will have a camera ready so that way when they they switch scenes there's a camera on them uh but when they're actually Mm -hmm. role playing as the character they cut off their camera which i think is really clever for quote unquote yeah, immersion. Yeah. Nobody's saying to use it twenty four seven, but at least have it and be able to turn it on. Right. I was just using that for that context because I I thought I always thought that was yeah. interesting. And there are some role players that don't do that. Some that just keep the camera on the whole time, but uh a lot of ones that I watch will shut off the camera. Um Now I like watching the faces they make when they're getting into character and doing voices and mannerisms and such that's cool yeah yeah for sure i'll tell you i tell you though anybody you ever want to if if you're a streamer out there and you ever want to try to up your stream game the stream doctor himself harris heller he's got a youtube channel full of content and tips he's a cool guy to watch and uh he seems like a really likable guy and he has nothing but good tips so give him a view if that's something you're thinking about um like I'm, I'm taking a break the rest of 2019 from streaming, but I think in 2020 I'm going to pick it back up. But I'm going to do it in a completely different manner than I've done before. So I know that I know that I'll be doing some, not extensive streaming, but quite a bit of streaming when uh, Jackbox Party Pack Six comes out. So there's that. Oh fuck yeah! Um, I, I they they they're supposed to be announcing the next, like I think the fourth game at this point. 
soon? Yeah, any time, any time, because it drops mid-October. Right. Um, and there's two more games yet to it. Announced. They usually don't announce the last one until like it's three weeks out, which is super weird. Yeah. But um, anyway, I wanted to uh, before we uh, start recording, I, I mentioned to Josh, let's talk about two trailers that have released since we even recorded the um, uh, giveaway. Contest yeah, I think it was like summer movie, summer movie wagers. I was trying to think of uh, the the Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer, the new one. And today, as of well, it's more of more of a sizzle sizzle reel that was uh, shown to the crowd Saturday at D twenty three. That's fair. I mean, it's it is what it is. But um, uh, they also released this morning, as of recording this episode, uh, the new trailer for Joker, uh, the Walking Phoenix movie, and. Uh, I was going to just talk to Josh about it in the pre-show, like, we're just, we're just kind of warming up our voices, but then I realized that we could talk about it here, because when I mentioned it to Josh, he said something that... When you meant, when you, when you, when you mentioned it to me, or did you mention it to When me? I mentioned it to you. <laughs> like, I was just going to move past it, because I fucked up the saying of it, because uh, I'm talking too quickly. I'm, I got that Californian, I'm going to fucking talk a mile a minute while you're that, got that Southern, let's hold on, let's smell the roses with our words. <laughs> Man, if you're smelling roses while you're talking, you're about to have a fucking stroke. I'm sorry. <laughs> my my folks have, they listened to that first 10 minutes of the last episode, and that was one of the things that my mom noticed was she goes, you talk a lot faster than him. And I was like, that could be our regional dialects, straight up. She goes, yeah, that, she goes, that's, she goes that makes sense. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, we kind of have the same opinion on Rise of the Skywalker. So we'll get to that in a minute. I keep saying Rise of the Skywalker, just Rise of Skywalker. Um, mm -hmm. But Joker, we did not see eye to eye on. So I wanted to get into that to see why you didn't like it exactly or why you're not interested in it. Um, each trailer they've released, I've became less and less interested. And my interest level was already minimal when they announced it. Now, this is nothing against Joaquin Phoenix. He is a phenomenal actor in some of my favorite movies he has starred in. Uh, Clay Pigeons, oh, underrated classic. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Gladiator, he was amazing in. When it comes to Warner Brothers... I like I like DC Comics, I like Marvel Comics. I've always been more of a Marvel guy. And what Marvel has done with their movies over the past 11 years has been nothing short of phenomenal. What DC has done with their movies has been very, very short of phenomenal. Um, they've got great animated movies, and they've got great animated series. They've got so-so TV shows and then they have movies. Some are good some are bad some are just very mediocre and all three are completely separate um it's like nothing acknowledges nothing. You know at least with Marvel with like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the former Netflix series they would acknowledge give little nods to the movie verse even though the movie verse didn't do it in reverse, but that's okay. It lets you know that, hey, they're all part of one big thing. Whereas 
DC, you've got their streaming service. You've got their new Titans show, which I hear is okay. Some say it's good. To me, it looks like a train wreck. I don't know. I've never checked it out. But I had, I had it for like, a few months because I was waiting for the new season of Young Justice, which I never watched because the biggest issue with DC Universe service is you have uh-huh. to you have to watch it via your phone or directly from a laptop or something like that, um, uh-huh. which is already a pain in the ass for me. And I can't you can't watch it on any devices. Um, it's not on Apple TV, it's not on Roku, it's not on Amazon Fire, it's not on Xbox, PS4, it's on none of that. So you have to watch it phone or laptop. Or PC, so. I'm sorry, well, PC, laptop, whatever, same thing. Yeah, well, that sucks. That's another deterrent I'm not going to bother with. I'm sorry. If I'm going to pay you, I'm going to be able to view it on what I want to view it on. So. But anyway, that's separate from this. Um, they're, they, they treat everything differently, and it's like the Teen Titans, uh, you know, they, they interact with things from their comics, but they, the very few times they reference Batman, they're like, well, Batman's not really in a universe because he's in his own universe. I was like, sorry, you can't have Robin without Batman. Fuck you. Don't make that argument. Or, like, there's Grant Gustin, who's great as the Flash on the TV side of things. And then there's Ezra Miller, who was a great actor, who was terrible as Flash on the movie side of things. He couldn't run, which was the thing that killed me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I don't need a clumsy fucking Flash, you know. I just don't. It's not funny. You know? I mean, it, uh, it is funny, but <laughs> not intentionally, I don't think. <laughs> but they tried to make it intentionally funny, and that wasn't funny. Not to me. Uh, to me, I did not find it funny. I'm sure some people did, but regardless, they can't, They they have multiple representations of different characters across different platforms and treat them like they're in entirely different universes. You know, or try to say, no, they're all part of the same universe, just in this pocket over here. And no, shit doesn't work that way. Pick a lane, stay the fuck in it. But now they've got three goddamn Jokers running around in the comics and they've got this Joaquin Phoenix movie where he's Joker. And here's the thing. I don't need my Joker to have an origin story. The only time I ever saw it on film was the 89 Batman. And Jack Napier, uh, that whole backstory, how he became Joker, didn't like it. Did you ever ever read the comic, um, which I have a poster on my wall, but it doesn't have the title of the comic. Uh, It's Alan Moore. The Killing Joke? Yes, The Killing Joke. Thank you. Well, that was a that was a one-off, and it wasn't set in universe canon, and that was an origin story of the Joker, and that's cool, but that's not what they're doing. This has nothing to do I, with the killing. He's not mentioning the killing joke. Is not because it's an origin story. It's because it has an origin story of the Joker. One of my favorite things the Joker ever said in comic books. Is uh to Batman the only difference between you and me is one bad day. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, Oh, okay. Somebody I don't remember. I don't remember who. It might have been Barbara Gordon for all I fucking remember. 
asks him, asks him, um, how did he become the Joker? And he says, you know, at this point, I honestly don't remember. It could have been a number of things. Um, and other people have stories about how I became the Joker, but, uh, none of those really matter because it's about who I am now. Um, so, so yeah. I actually don't disagree with your concept of, I don't need an origin story for the Joker. Um, however, I do like the idea that what Joker is, is a person's idea of how the Joker became the Joker, but no one ever really knows. That's how I always perceive Joker origin stories to be. Um, that there could also be the concept of there's not just one Joker. And that every time one Joker dies, there's another one that comes out of nowhere because, let's be honest, it's not really that hard to find a gangly-ass guy to put makeup on. Um, maybe I could be totally wrong about that. I don't fucking know. It's comic books, for Christ's sake. But uh, this movie, if you take out the Joker aspect, looks like a phenomenal idea for story. Just the 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 uh, deconstruction of a man trying to be successful and constantly being bit, beaten down, and then the the escalation that he goes to. Somebody did say that it looks like a combination between the movies Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, mm. which it totally fucking does. Which is what has me interested. Yeah, but slapping some grease paint on it and calling it Joker just doesn't do it for me. I've got, I just have no interest in it. You know, I'm not going to go see it at the theater. I'll wait for it to hit a streaming service of some sort and watch it then. Let me, let me tell you a little something about me, Josh. Do you know the last DC movie I saw in theaters? Um, Aquaman? Man of Steel. Shazam? Man of Steel. Oh, wow. Man and of it Steel. wasn't, and I didn't pay for it, and it was at the drive-in. And it was the second movie. So it's always the, it's been out for a month already, and we need to pair it with something else type of film. I don't really mm. generally go to the theater to see DC movies, um, mainly because they're so absolutely hit and miss um, yes. that it is unbearable. You know what? I take that back. I did see Wonder Woman intentionally. Uh yeah, I took Madison to see Wonder, Wonder Woman's Woman fantastic we as a standalone. Um, yeah. and to be honest, I don't think DC needs to make an ex like a, a universe like that. I don't think that they have to go the route that Marvel did to make a Justice League movie. Everyone knows these characters. You know the holy fucking trinity of DC. Everyone does. Even if you don't read comics, you could walk out in public and be like, you know Superman? How about Batman? How about Wonder Woman? Everyone fucking knows who they are. Shit. I guarantee you there's more people that know Aquaman than Namor, for fuck's sake. That. Oh, absolutely. Because of. Because of the Super Friends. And then, of course, over the years, uh, and more recently, you know, Jason Momoa portraying him in two movies. Right. Um, uh, before Jason Momoa, even even before Justice League, um, they, they people still know who Aquaman was before Namor easily. So my point is, even though Namor has been around longer in the uh, comics, yes. um, I think it might. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that 
DC superheroes are very popular amongst people who don't know superheroes. And um, you can just make a fucking Justice League movie. It's not... You don't need to build it up like fucking Marvel needed to with Iron Man and Captain America and Thor. People didn't really... People knew Spider-Man. 100%. People kind of know Fantastic Four. Uh, definitely know the X-Men. But that those characters that they brought in for the Avengers were really only super well-known via the comic book fans. Outside of that, they weren't very mm-hmm. well-known. And now they're fucking household no, names. No, um, DC doesn't need to do that. And Iron, Iron Man wasn't even one of the more popular right. Avengers for right. years. He was more of a B-level character. <laughs> for a long time. Uh, so... Okay, uh, just side note, Namor, April of 1939 was his first appearance, and Aquaman was November of 41, so two and a half years later. That makes, I mean, that's, yeah, uh, but the, the, the overall point I make is that for DC to have tried to go to the extent of building a, a universe of films to get to the Justice League without having an Aquaman movie without having a um uh cyborg movie without having a flash movie for fuck's sake was so unnecessary it seemed so fucking unnecessary to get to that point and to be fair it wasn't great uh, i think one of the biggest issues i have also josh with the dc movies is that the the filmmakers really want to cash in on on what makes Marvel successful. Which is unfortunate because then you lose what makes DC magical for people. Um, We're going to get into something a little bit later. Because in my opinion, the main characters of the Justice League are gods. Um, They're not semi-gods, they're not demigods, they are gods. Um, Well, two of them anyway. they're, They're ultra mega fucking powerful. People always ask me, out of all the DC superheroes that you can think of, who's the most powerful? And mine is easily the Flash. Easily the Flash. Well, oh, yeah. Um, I love the Flash. You know, outside of Aquaman, who is my favorite DC character, the Flash is my second favorite DC I don't DC know character. that I have a favorite DC character. Now that I think about it, I'm like, I mean, if I had to choose one... God, a Green Lantern, I guess? I really don't have one. Martian Martian Manhunter, maybe? Anyway, I, I'm getting off track here. I, I, I love watching the DC movies at a certain point because they always have something in those movies that is so obtuse and weird that I go, why the fuck was it? Why, why was that in that movie? I actually think that Justice League would have been a better film if... There was chunks of it missing. The whole thing of of Steppenwolf getting the mother boxes and trying to cause the end of the world and all that jazz, fucking great. That is DC in a goddamn nutshell. This shit with, like, reviving Superman and then he's, like, kind of evil for, like, a minute. Fucking lame. It's as lame as, save Martha. Martha? (laughs) I hate it. I hate that shit. You're trying to make these gods why'd you, human. Why? Why'd you say that name? 
Anyway, I'm ranting. The point I'm getting at, DC doesn't have to do what Marvel does, but they're trying to, which is why they're failing. A couple of random hits here and there, for the most part, they're not delivering things that I enjoy. And maybe it's because I enjoy Marvel stuff more than DC. But when you when it comes to making a blockbuster movie, you wanted to make it as palatable to as broad an audience as possible, while still staying true to the characterization. And I just don't think they've done that. No, I, that's why that's why I pointed out like you're you're trying to like bring down. Aquaman's never been like my man. You know, that is easily the worst line in a fucking blockbuster film I've heard in a long goddamn time. The absolute goddamn worst. It's pretty, pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, but, but for, as for the Joker, like, as long as it doesn't have any name, any like large name characters, like as long as we don't see Batman or Commissioner Gordon. I'm fine with it. Like, really? I'll check it out. Yeah, like, I don't know that I'll pay for it in theaters, like, but I want to see it. Like, I want to watch it. See, that's, I don't think Joker works at all without Batman. Um. Same, same reason I don't think Venom works without Spider-Man. I think that you have to have one to have the other. I disagree with that concept. I think to introduce Venom, you need to have Spider-Man. As for as for Venom on his own, I don't think you have to have Spider-Man. I think you can tell a Venom story without Spider-Man. Well, they obviously did. I haven't seen it, but it was pretty successful, I guess. Uh, people but really liked it because of the dichotomy and whatever. It, but my point is, is that that story of Venom is an origin story. And I think it suffers because it doesn't have Spider-Man. Uh, oh yeah. But as for like, let's say it's Eddie Brock and Venom already as a thing past Spider-Man, like kind of that whole, like it's not an origin story. It's just a fucking solo adventure with Venom. I think you can absolutely do that. Uh, you don't have to have Spider-Man there for, for Venom to have any kind of entertainment value. Because he's, he's like, funny on his own. Like, if you did, like, a side story where Venom and, and Eddie Brock were teaming up, like, they, they basically, like, agreed to, to fight crime or whatever, you could tell that. I think that would work. Eh, maybe. Just, just not an origin story without Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And origin stories are, everything's got one these days. I'm like, can we just skip an origin story for one? I was so happy with you how know? fucking the MCU handled Spider-Man. I was so happy with that. Yeah, and I wish they still had him, and I'm bitter about that. Um, But yeah, like, again, I have to clarify. Interested in Joker, not excited. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm neither interested nor excited, but I'll probably check it out out of morbid curiosity eventually. <laughs> well, let's move on to something a little bit less uh, making us upset. Um, Star Wars. Oh, love me some Star Wars. Did you uh, listen to that episode of the Force Sensitive that I was on? 
No, I didn't. I I was when you sent that to uh, me. I was when you sent that to me. I was doing something else. I was in the process of doing something else, and I completely forgot to go back and listen to it. Well, you need to do so. Uh, for the, uh, for our listeners, if you go to YouTube, I did a podcast appearance on a uh, show called The Force Sensitive with uh, Bobby Skullface and our friend Gort, and uh, you know it was a nice uh, two hour two hour discussion we had about. Everything ranging from my first memory of Star Wars to my excitement and anticipation for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, just search out the Force Sensitive. Uh, the episode is called Falcon in Me Pocket. Falcon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So everyone's excited about this movie. Who we know personally. Uh, well, well, not everyone, but I know I am. <laughs> you know people that are not excited. Oh, I know people that are not excited. Oh, okay, interesting. Did not know that. Uh, well, I ha- I'm 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 in a pretty big community, and there's lots of varying opinions in there. Well, I just I don't think you and I have specifically talked about how there's somebody you know who's not excited. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, I'm not I'm yeah, not surprised yeah. there are people that are not. Uh, just more so, I didn't know that you knew anybody. Anyway, um, but it makes sense. The uh. The thing that I think a lot of people are concentrating in that trailer the most, which I think is a complete fucking like slide or uh, a sleight of hand magic show sort of thing, um, is the uh, the the one of the ending shots where Ray it shows like Ray in like Sith robes and she has what looks like a dual bladed lightsaber that then flips down into what is similar to Darth Maul's lightsaber. Yeah, it's folded up, and then the switch blades out to be a dual, a dual blade. Which I think a lot of people are are completely, in a sense, misreading that. A lot of people are saying, "Oh wow, Ray's going to the dark side." Well, well, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. I've got a theory about this, but that's the, been the most prevalent one that I've heard. There are a fucking metric goddamn ton of theories that I've heard on that shot. Uh, uh, just a, an un, ungodly amount. My thing is, is speculate lightly. Because, as we know, there are numerous times that not only Disney, but these movies have shown things that are just out of context. Completely out of context. Everyone thought that John John Boyega's character was going to be a Jedi because we saw a shot of him turn on a lightsaber. When it turns out that that Mm -hmm. actual shot is just him poorly using a lightsaber against Kylo. And him not having force powers at all. So... Could you imagine in 1980, or shit, let's go to 81. Um, Where are we going to 81? Would it be 1980? No, it'd be 79. When did fucking, was it 80? I'm trying to remember when uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back came out. 80. 80? Okay. May of 80. Okay. May of 1980. So let's go before that movie came out, and there was a trailer that was cut. And one of the final shots that we saw was Han Solo turn on a lightsaber in the snow. No context. We just see him turn it on. Can you imagine the ungodly amount of speculation we would have had for a shot of him opening up a goddamn tauntaun? I don't know if we actually did get that in the trailer or not. I no, we didn't. I haven't watched that trailer in a long we time. We didn't. Trailers cut then were way different than they're cut now. But if, the, if, if there was a trailer That's that true. was cut where that was a shot in the trailer, 
to pull you in. Could you imagine the ungodly amount of, of speculation we would have gotten in today's day and age for that shot? I mean, yeah. So that's why I tell people it's fun to speculate. I'm not, I don't have a problem with people coming up with theories and ideas. Don't attach to any single fucking one of them. Go, it could be anything, and I'll be happy with whatever the fuck they show me, because that's what happened with Last Jedi. Realistically, that's what happened with yeah. Last Jedi. I mean, I'm fine with whatever happened. Oh, you are. I know you are. What You're I would intelligent. Like, what, what I would like to see, though, I do have a theory, and it is a possibility that they may go this way. That may make that, may explain that scene. And it's something I've been thinking about for a while, even before I saw that. I can go into it now, yeah, or we can wait a minute. Go ahead. Very recently, in the official canon Star Wars comics that Marvel publishes, there is a Darth Vader book. And in issue number 25, they revealed in the comics that Darth Vader, his father, is Shiv Palpatine. Shiv Palpatine. He was impre- he impregnated Shmi via his DNA via force manipulation, which is why she was, you know, couldn't explain it. There was no father, but turns out Palpatine is Vader's father making Anakin Skywalker technically Anakin Palpatine, making Luke Skywalker technically Luke Palpatine. Palpatine is the father of Vader and grandfather of Luke. Now, sit on that for a minute. Let that stew around. You tell me what to sit on. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Now, in The Force Awakens, you see Rey. That lightsaber is calling out to her. She picks it up. She has visions. And she's like, what is this? And she's like, the story, Mass says, the story of how this came into my possession is a long one that we don't have time for. But it is a fascinating story. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, If they found the lightsaber, somebody found Luke's hand. Now, back in the 90s, and while I do realize that the expanded universe novels are no longer canon, There were a time they were considered canon. One of the things that they established was that Palpatine was heavy into cloning. He actually would clone his own body, and when a body would burn out, he would use his essence would transfer to a new clone body. Now that has since been undone to where, in the comics, they've established that a Sith cannot reappear as a Force ghost, but their essence can inhabit an artifact. So, some speculation is it may be Kylo's helmet. I don't think so. <clears throat> what? A, but also back in the 90s, the original Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command, those three books. Those were the first new Star Wars novels that we, were got, that we had gotten that didn't tie in. You know, they were something new. They were blowing us away. In the last command, one of the things that they discover is a fortress of Palpatines. And it is, it's in, housed inside of a mountain, and it's just a gigantic cloning facility. And Luke has to face a clone of himself that was made from the DNA from his found hand. Palpatine had found his hand. Now, where I'm going with this 
is everybody's like, who's raised parents? Who's raised parents? Ray doesn't have parents. I think Ray had a couple of people who stole her away as a child from one of Palpatine's facilities. I think Ray is a clone. I think Ray is a clone that was com- made from the composite DNA of both Vader and Luke, or Palpatine, Vader, and Luke, a combination of the three. When In The Last Jedi, when she's in that cave and she looks in that mirror, she sees just an endless number of herself. She sees two figures walking and merge into her. I think that Palpatine was trying to create the ultimate Sith and multiple versions. I think his essence is trapped in the wreckage of the Death Star, which is on Endor. Whether it be the planet Endor or the forest moon of Endor, we don't know. But, probably the moon because it was closest to that. But I think that Ray we see wielding a dual-bladed red lightsaber in Sith robes is one of the clones that is active. I think that Death Star was housing a cloning facility, and I think that's where Ray came from. And your theory is a very large possibility. It is a very large possibility because of established things in books and comics and past movies. It could come to fruition, and it could also be just completely not that. Right. Either way, I'm fine with it. Right. That's the fun of cooking up something like that. And I'm not the only one that thinks that, because Monday I actually saw somebody think that too. Almost exactly. Oh, I've after seen. I I've seen a lot. There. I've seen a lot of clone theories, like a fucking a ton of clone theories. Uh, they all differ in some way, fashion, or form by based on knowledge they have or don't have. Um, but uh, generally speaking, a clone seems to be the the general consensus, which is why I don't mm-hmm. think it's a clone. I think that clone is mm. too easy. Clone is right there in everybody's face, and so many people are thinking clone. That I think that that shot of Ray isn't Ray at all. It's a vision that she's having while on a quote unquote second, uh, I don't know what you'd call that vision quest sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. that, uh, she's fighting, she's, she's supposed to be fighting Kylo and, uh, that he takes off the mask in her vision and it's her. And this is supposed to represent her struggle with the dark side. Um, I think that they're going to pull back on surprises and and unique things within the Star Wars universe just because of the reaction that they gain in uh, Last Jedi. Um, people really just didn't want to come to grasp with new shit in Star Wars. Oh, I know, and that's why I think they should totally give us something new again. Oh, I agree. Why? I wholeheartedly agree, but I just think they're going to pull back a little. And so we're going to get a lot of typical shit. And I think that that shot is nothing more than just Ray's vision. Just a just a something test. similar to Luke's on Dagobah right, in the tree. Right. So I'm. I, that's that's what my thought process is. I think that to an extent, everyone's kind of overthinking it, and it's actually a lot simpler than that. Um. Oh, probably. Probably. I uh, I think the whole thing with going to the Death Star um, actually has to do with there is information about the Skywalkers that nobody else knows. 
And whomever finds it, whether it be Kylo or Rey, it'll have a huge advantage for the rest of the universe because that's what the Skywalkers are. Hence, Rise of the Skywalker. And the only reason that in the trailer and other and and the and the poster we have uh uh pictures of um or shots or sounds or whatever of the emperor i think that the only thing that comes to my mind is that there's a holocron that the emperor put to the side that has information that somebody needs has information that changes everything um that's that's also that's my a thought. possibility. That's my that's my big thought, and that it's in the it's in the wreckage of the Death Star. That's that's the center point of everything. I love how the that showed Kylo and Rey fighting on the wreckage of the Death Star, rising out of the fucking water. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's their last fight. I think that's their their actual like penultimate battle. Maybe so. I was like, oh shit. They're fighting on the Death Star. And Misty's like, well, duh. I was like, don't well duh me. I knew it was the Death Star, but it was specifically like the trench area. Because when it's coming up, those laser towers, the turrets at the top of the towers that they had to get past and destroy and fight off in the original Star Wars, that it was just to the left coming up. It showed the bent cannons on it. And I was like, oh, shit, they're in the trench. They're fighting on the trench. <laughs> yeah, I was. Gonna, I kept asking myself, like, which Death Star is that? And it's it's got to be very well. It's. I'm pretty sure it's the second Death Star. And that is just, like because well, that's well, that's the other thing that I can't figure out is what planet they're on. They're not on. They can't be on. Is it the moon of Yavin Four? It could just be straight up Yavin Four that they're on. Well, that's the thing. Uh, Yavin 4 was established to have a very jungle-like climate. Endor, we never saw the actual planet of Endor, but we saw the forested that's, moon of Endor. That's what I meant to say, sorry. That's what I meant to say, was that it's, so, it's Endor that they're I on. Think it's, I, think it, I think it is the planet Endor that they're on. I think it's the second Death That's Star. what I meant to say. I said Yavin 4 thinking Endor, because I was like thinking the planet itself, not the moon. But it could be, it could be, you know, the the moon on Yavin, or it could be the planet of Yavin, to be throwing us a curveball, and it's the original Death Star, or it could be the second one, like we, like a lot of people suspect, and something about Palpatine's spirit is in it, because to our knowledge, Palpatine was never on the original Death Star, D and he was certainly not on it at the time it was destroyed. Right. Well, that that. That doesn't mean that he couldn't have had something on the original Death Star that they're looking for. That's a possibility too, and you're absolutely right. So, but I'm going, I'm more inclined to think that it's the second well, one. Well, people have come to me like I've had a conversation with a group of people, and they were they were coming, they were throwing all their ideas, all their theories into a hat. And I said, the crazy thing about all these theories, you're all right, you're all correct. You have to keep that in mind. None of you are, well, technically none of them are right or correct, but point point I'm getting at is that um, all of these ideas and theories, they could happen. They might not happen. Yeah, I mean, they're they're yeah, likely not going to happen. But, um, God, I, I, and I'm not saying this to you, Josh, because you're already on that boat, but God, for any of our listeners who are who are theorizing and speculating, please do it with a grain of salt. Please do it with the idea that it probably won't be. 
Oh, I'm absolutely prepared for that. Yeah, I know you are. You know, I mean, like, I think it'd be a cool way to go. But there could be a way that I've not thought of that, that I've not thought of that's even cooler. You know, it's cooler than that. And I'm fine with it because, you know, ultimately, I don't let my anticipation or speculation become my expectation. And as a result, disappointment when it doesn't occur. If that were to happen, I'd never enjoy a fucking movie in my life. Right, right. I don't want it to go the way I think it will a lot of times because then it becomes predictable and boring to me. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I mean, it's it's the, it's the old adage and old argument that I've used in the past where I say, like, if we're getting a new thing, I want it to be different. I'm really happy that the adaptations for Preacher and the Boys are so different because it's a new story with familiar characters. Mm-hmm. That's it. The the fucking yep. Marvel movies, familiar characters, different story. Yep. I love that shit. Like I've already I already know the story. I don't need to know it again. Like that's why Exactly. I mean I love the Watchmen. But that movie Man with the exception of the uh, MacGuffin, it's pretty much scene for scene the comic. It is. It it's it, it's not even just scene for scene, Josh. There's moments in there where Alan Moore put in something on the on the side of the page to signify something to to have a more emotional detachment or 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 a, a, a plot device that was kind of interesting that was just lamented there. He did it musically with uh, ninety nine Love Balloons. That was the worst in the one. Cafe. That was the worst one by a long shot. Yeah, time. that was that was definitely the worst use of it. And using it in the movie in the same fashion didn't have the in the comic resonance or the meaning that it was supposed to have as it did. In the, right, comic. in the comic, you just have the lyrics. That's it. There's nothing else, nothing more. But in the in the movie, when that part comes up, it's this it's this huge fight between Silk Spectre two. Can't remember her actual name because I read the comic in forever, even though it's staring at me on my shelf. Uh, Laurie and, and Doctor Manhattan. Uh, Laurie, Laurie and Doctor Manhattan, and uh, they they have a huge fight. She leaves to go see the Owl Man. Um, not Al. Night is it Night Al? It's Night Al. Yeah. Um, Dan. Right. And at the end of that fight is the end of a comic, right? And at the end, it kind of sh- it like shows something in the, in it, and and it has those lyrics in it to sh- to to kind of talk about nuclear war and all that kind of stuff, which is what the song's about. For the movie, uh, uh, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder, um. He he decides to play that song at the beginning of her showing up to the fucking diner, right after that emotional scene. It's so disjointing and 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 off-putting. Like you go, that didn't need to be exact, dude. That didn't need to be identical. It just didn't. Exactly. Um. So so my my issue my 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 thing that I, when it comes to adaptations is uh or remakes or reimagined. Just take it for what it is. If it sucks, it sucks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And if it does suck, the original's still there. So don't, like, yep. source material didn't go away. Your childhood was never raped. Your childhood was never destroyed. And if you let a new interpretation of something you grew up on ruin your fucking day, well, then your childhood was shitty to begin with and you need a therapist. One of my favorite things that South Park ever did that people didn't get, people did not understand it, 
was uh, when Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, and people kept saying, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg ruined my childhood. They raped my childhood. And there were legitimate shots in this South Park episode where George Lucas and uh, Steven Spielberg are literally raping Indiana Jones. And what, awesome. people, what people took away from that is that that is how it actually is. Those two, like, that's how it feels watching that movie. No. It was absurd to see that in that context of the show. It was absurd, and that's how it sounds when you fucking say it. Mm-hmm. It's just as fucking absurd to say, blah, 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 ruined my childhood, like it is to see it in, in an actual visual form. That's the fucking satire right there. Because mm-hmm. people don't fucking get South Park satire, it kills me. Um, same goes for this. No one ruined... Yeah, the franchise is not ruined. There was this guy, I was uh, watching Breaking the Mold Tuesday night. One of the shows on the uh, Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, and uh, part of the Cool Table Network. Love those guys. Shout out to all of you. There was a guy in the chat, uh, because they do a live broadcast at on their live chat, there was a guy in there. They were talking about Star Wars last night, and this guy came in. Disney's ruined the franchise, you know, one of those guys. He's like, he's like, yeah. they've got a theme park that's totally failed. It's not even Star Wars. I was like, how's it not Star Wars? I was like, I know two people in here in this chat who have been multiple times and had a blast. So uh, I'll ask them. I was like, hey, is Galaxy's Edge Star Wars at all? And they're like, oh, it's absolutely Star Wars. The internet is full of vocal minorities. It's like, uh, um, you know, the there's the the vocal minority is loud, but that's the thing. They're so minimal. They are a small percentage. They make up about the same percentage as a flat earther. They're just getting more attention because it's a more popular topic. The internet gives them that attention, and I'm not going to entertain it. I'm just not. You know, the franchise is not ruined. You know why? Because my little girl loves Star Wars and she's 12. She didn't grow up on it since the 70s. And guess what? She likes every one of the movies and she likes the newer ones better than the old ones. You know why you like the old ones better? Because that's what you grow up on. You tend to enjoy the things that you're introduced to and appreciate more than other iterations that follow. There is a uh, situation, because you just mentioned kids and how they enjoy these things. Uh, I just want to make sure there's a connection there. Yeah. Um, do you remember the scene in Endgame? Spoiler alert for Endgame, if you haven't fucking seen Endgame, which, why haven't you at this point? Hey, spoiler, um, spoiler bans lifted. It's two weeks. I'm well aware. Just saying it regardless. In the final scene of the movie, you know, where everyone's there, there's a shot where... Uh, I think it might have been Captain Marvel says, like, something that she needs help, and all the female heroes show up and go to help attack Thanos? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't... Yeah. Uh, Um, Peter Peter had the the gauntlet, and he... I haven't seen that movie since the day it came out. Peter had the gauntlet, and got knocked at her feet, and and he's like, oh, hi, I'm Peter Parker. She's like, hi, Peter Parker. He's like, can you get this to... Him, she's like, I'm on it. He's like, you'll need help. And then all the females step up and they say she's got help. And then they run that big 
That's uh, right. That's right. Core, yeah. Okay, so uh, a lot of people try to say that that scene is pandering or that it is uh, uh, pushing agenda. feminism down our throat, liberal agendas. <laughs> so the greatest thing that I saw in regards to that, and I might have already told you about this, Josh, but for our listeners, if you haven't heard it, this guy on Facebook, I think it might have been Facebook, he had this small paragraph about how like how bad it is. And a bunch of women came in and said, we get you. It's clearly pandering. It's clearly uh, uh, trying to push something out there. However, you should have seen the look on my daughter's face. Yep. And when I when people tell me that uh, uh, this ruined their childhood or that this isn't exactly how they like it or as an adult, they go, well, it should have been how it was when I was a kid. They're completely forgetting what it's to be a kid like now. Yeah. And how fucking enjoyable it is for these kids. They have no idea. Fuck you for saying that these kids' opinions and feelings are invalid because you didn't get what you wanted. Exactly. You know what? That's that's the theme for today. Fuck your childhood if you're that sensitive. You know? Sorry. I'm not sorry at all. My daughter loves it. I enjoy it. And you know what? In this household, if my daughter and my wife and I all enjoy it, that's the only thing that fucking really matters. If you enjoy it, fine. But I'm not going to go on the internet bitching about how much I fucking hate it in numerous tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet and Instagram post and Facebook post. I usually don't say anything on a post if I don't like it. I'm more the kind of person to say, wow. This movie was a lot of fun. Or check this show out. I think you may enjoy it. And here's why. You know. And if you don't like it and it's not for you. Cool. Say well. I gave it a try. Didn't get into it. Not for me. Alright. Cool. Move along. Not everybody's going to enjoy everything. But to make these asinine statements. Like my childhood's been ruined. Good. Get a therapist. Your childhood was fucking strong enough to begin with. Good. I'm glad your childhood was ruined. Maybe you can fix your adulthood now. Um. <laughs> well, you and I have had conversations before where we disagree about how we liked something or didn't like something. I mean, well, we can do a podcast, but for um, for example, you know, uh, you like the new Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. I don't, but I was just about to bring that up. But yeah, I don't let it diminish my love for the 2012 Turtle cartoon or the 2003 or 4 Turtles cartoon. And I'm sorry, but everybody loves the 87 through the mid-90s Turtles cartoon. I fucking hated it. Absolutely I was going to say, like, if, it. if you were a child that grew up watching that and you haven't watched it since you were a child and have fond memories, you have two options. Never go back and watch it and keep those fond memories or go back and watch it and realize how stupid you were as a kid. Because that show is terrible. That show is god-awful. You know what I else is god-awful? I have a huge god-awful? affinity for it, and I have a fucking poster on my wall, but it's still bad. You know what else is god-awful? Just about virtually every 80s cartoon we grew up watching. But uh, yeah. I don't let it diminish my love of the characters and the lore that was established. One of my favorite cartoons, Josh, growing up, one a huge favorite cartoon, was the Super Mario Brothers Super, Mario Brothers Super Show. Ooh. And, um, I apologize was, you know, for your childhood. Five, 
five, six years old. It didn't matter. <laughs> it was it was characters that I knew, the Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. um, on screen having adventures. I didn't get half of it. I didn't understand half of it. Most kids just enjoy bright colors on a TV. Um, but I recognized the characters when I was in kindergarten, first grade, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to, there was a record store down the street from my house that sold video games and movies. And I'd found on their shelf, it was a box set, a complete box set of all the Super Mario Brothers Super, all, bleh, 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 Super Mario Brothers Super Show episodes. And I went, this is going to be dope. And it wasn't. That being said, the most entertaining part of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show were the live action segments with Danny Wells and uh, Captain Lou Albano as Mario and Luigi. Mm-hmm. Those, were our, uh, those are legitimately entertaining to watch. Because you know both of them are stage actors, wrestlers, whatever. Um, They do more uh, serious-ish stuff. And the fact that these two are intentionally making a goofy, over-the-top, for-kids sort of thing is super entertaining to watch. Like, it really, really is. Yeah. That being said, the cartoon is terrible. (laughs) Yeah, even if you don't like it as an adult, there are kids out there that do enjoy it. and. Here's the thing. It wasn't it wasn't made for you as an adult. Like the new Star Wars movies now, they're not made for me. They're made for kids. Star Wars in nineteen seventy seven, nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty three, those were made for me. And I loved them. And I've loved Star Wars all my life. I have favorite movies i have least favorite movies but i still enjoy what they do because it brings new people each time to the fandom and it continues to live on as a property and the new the new kids that come into it love it every but every bit as much as i did when i was a kid and that's what matters I tell people all the time, if you don't like the new Transformers movie, you don't like the and new Ninja I Turtles cartoon. absolutely don't like the new Transformers movies. <laughs> There's a point I'm getting to. There's a point I'm getting to. There's a new adaptation or a, a remake of something that you enjoyed as a kid, and you see your kid watching that thing, and they fucking love it, right? They're just all up in that junk. Let your kid love it, and then show them the original. Yeah. See their reaction. See if they go, oh, this is kind of garbage, Dad. And you go, Welp. Like, you just have to let kids grow up and, and watch what they're going to watch. Of course, you know, maybe at a certain age, not rated R, but whatever. Um, I'll let Madison watch her first rated R movie the other day. Well, which one was it? The new Hellboy. Apocalypse Now? No. <laughs> no, no. I went with a light <laughs> R, just a blood and violence R. I'm not going with a hard R yet. <laughs> Um. Yeah, there are some like I did I, let I her see talking... a scene. I did let her watch a scene, a scalping scene from Inglorious Bastards yesterday. Though so. she's like, yeah. ah, "Why are you showing me these gross things?" I was like, "Well, <laughs> you asked why I was watching a movie with Hitler in it. Now you know." What was funny was my sister's, uh, um, my sister's like breaking point for a an R rated movie to not be suitable for my nephews was sex scenes. If it had a sex scene, they couldn't watch it. So. There was a DC animated movie that came out about the Suicide Squad. And in it, uh, uh, Harley Quinn fucks Deadshot. 
Because, uh, of course, she does. I mean, yeah, whatever. And, uh, but it's like, it's kind of visual. Like, you see straight up side boot. And so I showed the shot to my sister and I said, this is in this animated movie. Don't let them rent this through Redbox if you don't want them to see this. And she's, she looks at it, she's like, this is in an animated movie? And I was like, you know that animated <laughs> stuff can be adult too, right? Yeah, animated <laughs> doesn't mean for kids automatically. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, I want to kind of shift gears, stay on the, the comic book uh, train that we've been on, because I want to play a little bit of a game with you. Ooh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Before you go any further, I got to tell you, and this is just to touch back on what we were touching on a minute ago with the female thing of the in-game. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. There was, uh, when they announced the new upcoming movies for, or the new shows for Disney+, Plus, and they mentioned She-Hulk, there was a post. And this guy, I'm going to pull it up right now so I can actually read these five reactions to this post to you because it's that damn funny. All right. So here are five responses to this post, say, uh, under She-Hulk. The very first one, Stan Lee is mad as fuck right now. And the rest of it's all caps. Stop. Destroying all his damn work. He worked on those heroes for months, years, and ten years. As Wait, post, what? Yeah. Months, years, and ten years. That's that's because that She-Hulk. hurt my brain. That hurts my brain. She-Hulk has been around. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to Google real fast. She-Hulk. First appearance was. Yeah. February of 1980. So she's been around for almost 40 fucking years. 39 years she's been around. She's been an Avenger. Right. She's been a member of the Fantastic Four. All right. The next post, the next response says, It's official. The days of Marvel being great is over. And Marvel is officially fucking garbage. She-Hulk. Girl Thor. Feeling like they have to make characters gay for whatever reason. Like, holy fuck. Stop ruining the best franchise in the world. Well, you know, Girl Thor, that was a thing. And that was a cool run. She-Hulk's been around since the 80s. And Thor has been a mantle that other people could take on when the Odin son himself wasn't worthy of the title. Eric Masterson comes to mind. He was Thunderstrike, who lived on with Thor-like abilities afterwards. But yeah. Oh, uh, let's see this next one. This woke shit is going to make y'all go broke shit. Bring back old school Marvel and ditch the PC pandering for the sake of politics. Okay. And now this next post says, hmm, we've got female Thor, female Hulk. What next? A female Spider Woman? Captain, <laughs> Femi Captain Feminism? Black Woman? Ant Woman? Stop it. Stop turning good characters into the attempts at female. The wasp is. Yeah, the wasp, the original Avenger, the founder of the Avengers, the wasp, along with Iron Man, Thor, and Hulk. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Um, she is basically Ant Man, female. You know, and ooh, there are black female superheroes. One of them was Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, who is now Photon, Spider Woman. 
There's been two, at least. Julia Carpenter and, um, can't remember the other one right off the top of my name. Or right, top of my head. If you want to go, if you want to go even further than that, alternate reality Gwen Stacy goes by Spider. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but he's, uh, it says it continues to say, "Stop turning good characters into temps at female." I guess in the near future we'll only have women heroes. I think the DC's time has come. It's time to switch to DC movies. Yeah, so you can watch Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman and uh, what's uh, Catwoman and what's uh, Wonder Woman's nemesis that's going to be in the Wonder Woman eighty four movie that comes out next year, Chitara. Uh, yeah, you go right over there where they don't have girls, okay? Icky fucking nerds. Get out of your basement. Feminism agenda, huh? I can already see how it's gonna suck. Those are the responses that have come out since the She-Hulk announcement. A character that's been around basically 40 fucking years. Which, and... by the way, fucking extremely excited for she Oh, yeah, yeah. One of my yeah. characters growing up, so. Yeah, so that's, that's... It's ridiculous. I really, I, you know, I really, 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 really want the She-Hulk show to be about her just being a fucking lawyer. Not actually doing a ton of crime. Just like, it's kind of almost a procedural cop drama or a lawyer drama, but she's just giant and green. You want it to be that? Just to piss everybody off. Oh, I want it to be that combined with, you know, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of her, uh, after hours, superheroing, a little bit of superheroing, but also a little bit of her after hours, you know, pursuits. She, uh, it'll be a she, combo. I get. She, it. I she, get it. she likes. Uh, well, I mean, she she banged the Juggernaut and she banged Luke Cage. The list goes on and on yeah, and on and on yeah, and on yeah. of the people that she's fucked in the MC or in the Marvel cinema, not yeah, cinematic, yeah. In the Marvel I, universe. She, she is promiscuous, and it's her prerogative. You know what? Let it fly. Uh, well, she there's a there's a whole there's a whole conversation she has with Wolverine about it because Wolverine kind of mentions how she slept with too many people and she just goes like she's basically I don't remember the exact dialogue but she's like who the fuck are you to tell me who I can and can't sleep with how many men I can and can't sleep with she goes I'm healthy I'm fine and they enjoy it so why the fuck do you care exactly uh, I hate that double standard because if a man does it a man's a stud but if a woman does it she's a slut who gives a fuck let them go out and do I'm what they want to do also. I also had a crush on her when growing up, so there's nothing Well, dude, if you want, did you see the sizzle reel from our last show, MPSP Theater? Nope. <gasps> How dare you not watch it? <laughs> We're watching it after this because it relates to Sam, and you are going to laugh your ass off. Oh, that, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. How he wanted somebody to cosplay as her and cradle him like a baby. You said sizzle reel, so I didn't. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing like, I'm doing for that show now. Every week, like the Saturday after, posting a one to two minute clip from the show to let people know what they were missing. I just I think I'm going to start that doing that connect, for this show. That didn't connect as a sizzle reel. It connected as a because a sizzle reel to me is a, uh, a collage of clips. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get but, what you're uh, saying. That's what I was thinking, and I was like, "Oh, you guys did like a like a." Like a She-Hulk collage, but no, yes, the conversation about him having a crush on her and being held like a like a baby in her arms was very funny. And for those listeners out there, my friend Sam, he's only five foot four. He's a very little man. He and his wife are like the same height. And just to hear him say, "I've always loved big women," man, that was just fucking hilarious. Um, 
Yeah, Sam's a great guy. Love him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, the, the vitriol and the hate that a lot of these things, and these people don't realize, a lot of these are casual fans who like the movies, but they obviously didn't like Captain Marvel. These are the people that didn't like that. It's like, oh, Captain Marvel can't be a girl. Well, Captain Marvel's been female since about 82, off and on. Uh, prim- primarily more on than off. And she's been several different people. Uh, but There are uh, hundreds of characters in Marvel that nothing about their character screams that they have to be a man or they have to be a woman or, or they scream have to be what a skin white color man. they have to have. Yeah. Um, yep. Like, it's like Black Panther and Luke Cage have to be black. I think that's it. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be right to make them a different color. But I'm just saying like their 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 story has a lot to do with their skin color and I think that's important to tell. Um I don't think that we should change any characters skin color outright just cuz um but if somebody makes a new version an alternate reality version or a new universe of some kind and that and and Peter Parker is a black guy shut your goddamn mouth straight up nothing about peter parker says he has to be a specific skin color what the fuck man i cannot talk so i'm mad at nerds it's not even real nerds because the real nerds know and most of the real nerds don't care unless they're above the age of 40 and then they're butthurt about it. Um, you know. But it's more of these casual goers who came along and thought, oh wow, this stuff's awesome. And they don't know the history. Sorry, I just saw something on Twitter that fucking made me laugh really hard. It's fine. It's a picture. It's a picture of. Uh, well, it relates actually. Uh, it's a picture of Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy from Venom mm-hmm. at the end, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody took that picture, posted it on the internet with the caption, "Why so serious?" <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I'm not a fan of what Sony is doing right now with the Spider-Man and them not being able to come to a deal with Marvel. And here's the thing. It's not dead and completely over yet. There's still hope. Disney didn't have any plans for Marvel for the next two or three years anyway. There's still time for them to come to an agreement of some sort. Uh, But, you know, me myself, I'm not a huge fan of what they've done with Venom. I haven't seen it yet. But like I said, to me, Venom doesn't work without Spider-Man. But I don't have a problem with Wesley or Woody Harrelson uh, playing Cletus Cassidy because here's the thing about Woody Harrelson. That motherfucker plays psychotic sociopaths amazingly well. So, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's no what Cletus, Ca- Cletus Cassidy is that. He is a sociopath. Uh, and he is just absolutely batshit insane. You know? So, hey. Um, as long as you nail the characterization, I don't care. Yeah, same here. I, but, yeah, I I'm sorry. I didn't... They... I thought the joke was funny. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail that for like 10 minutes. You were saying you wanted to get into something more, a little bit more about the comics. Uh, well, what what happened? Okay, so so like I said, when I'm bored, I check Twitter, but I like to go to the... Uh, the uh, I must have been boring page. him just now. He went to Twitter. 
Okay. Or when we're not recording the goddamn podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, however, on that note, Yacht Club Games did come out with some trailers for their upcoming content, which I watched while you were talking about your Star Wars theory, which you'd already told me about, so I didn't feel bad for not listening to that directly, but... Because uh, you already told me, so don't get mad. You're, you're a son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, and I saw that dark side. Like the the villain from DC was trending, I was like, "Why the hell is Darkseid trending? That's very strange." So I click on it, and it's because this guy basically made a thread of uh, DC versus Marvel fight scenarios. Um, so I thought I'd kind of run through them a little bit, and he does put some handicaps on some characters to kind of make the fa- the fight fair or whatever. So the first one here is no handicaps, just the Justice League versus the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I absolutely give that to the Justice League. Well, it depends on which roster. Well, the picture here shows the the, the movie versions. Okay. Uh, but even if it's not the movie versions, I'm not sure how the Avengers would win that. And let's keep the team small. Let's not go too big. Let's not like go, hey, remember when there was 80 Avengers? <laughs> let's not do that. I know they did a thing. They actually did a comic. Back in the early 2000s. Uh, it was like an amalgamation comic? No, no, it was a JLA Avengers crossover comic that George Perez did. And So it, was, it had nothing to do with um, uh, amalgamations? No, it was straight up team versus team. No, 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 no. There's a comic company named Amalgamation, or Amalgamation no, Comics, or something was, like that? There was the Amalgam comics done back in amalgam, the 90s. Amalgam. That merged characters yes like Wolverine. no no i'm t- I'm, t- I'm talking about like it, they were fighting each other like it was superman versus hulk yeah but that wasn't the amalgam comics that was just a straight up dc versus marvel and those were fan votes some of them were but no this so, is one done like a decade later in the mid 2000s about 2004 2005 jla versus the avengers yeah, I've read that. I thought it was, uh... Nope. I thought that was done by that comic company. Nope. That was the one done in the 90s, and those were one-shot solo issues. This was a four-part miniseries. Huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. I could have sworn that was... All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway. I'm just saying, like, like I pointed out earlier, like, the the JLA are gods. No, the, all the of Avengers them. are not. The Avengers are not. Well, and not, of course, not all of them, but that's besides the point. And some Avengers the, have been. Yeah. yeah, I mean, arguably, Thor is godlike, but not quite a god. Thor is a god. Thor is absolutely 100% not, a god. Not, I, I say not technically because there's a whole comic book line where Thor and a bunch of other Norse gods meet the actual gods of the universe. And that the actual gods of the universe basically explain to them that they are just more powerful humans. That's all they are. They're not actually gods. They're that god. they were called gods. They were called gods by humans because they had godlike powers, but they're not actually gods. Well, I don't remember. I don't remember when that happened, but that definitely happened. 
Uh, it was probably the Eternals or the Celestials or something, but still. Anyway, by all intents and purposes um, for classifications, two Avengers, at least, in Thor and Hercules. Well, Hercules, demigod, but Thor, actually a god. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, demigod's different than a god, for sure. But, but you know, he's half. Um, but that but that's my point, man. Like the JLA characters are overpowered. They've always been overpowered. But that's kind of the point. Like you have to write them like that. You have to utilize their overpoweredness to make the story fun. Well, I mean, they have to make they're, their villains. They're, they're the seven. So you know, right? <laughs> um, and I think if you took let's say a team of like the original 10 Avengers versus the seven main justice league people characters. I'm sorry. Justice league would win. Mm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Let's look at that. Let's look at that. I don't want to go that deep into it. Cause there's all those solo matches going on. Let's do solo matches and then we'll go back to that one. Okay. Well, a Superman and Thor. For sure. Uh, so that's actually not that's actually not one that he does. I'm I'm talking this this thread goes all like it's it's fairly long. That's why I don't want to concentrate on one for too long. Like it goes down, it goes down pretty far. But he makes a lot of he makes he puts up a lot of pairings, and I thought they were interesting. So the next one is Aquaman with the Trident of Atlan versus Thor with Stormbreaker, and it says on a beach or something. That's weird. I mean, that one goes to Thor, right? In my mind, it does. I mean, yeah. I mean, Aquaman is extremely strong, and the Trident of Atlan is a powerful weapon, but... Okay. Here are the original lineup uh, You're from still the on Avengers. that first one, huh? Well, here's the original lineup from the Avengers. Iron Man, Thor, Ant-Man, a.k.a. Goliath, you know, Giant Man, so he could actually go... Right. He was killed in Civil War. Yeah. The Wasp and the Hulk. That's the first five. And then you add the next five were Cap, Hawkeye, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch. And eesh, if you add in the next one, that's Swordsman and he sucks. Uh, but if you had added in the 11th one, Hercules, you know, because he's still alive and around, that would be cool. Uh, now, as for the DC side of things, the first 10. Oh, this is Volume 2 stuff. I want Volume 1 stuff. I want the original originals. Originally, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Barry Allen, The Flash, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, Aquaman, and Martian Manhunter, yes. Okay, so those seven plus the next three, I think, were... It, it, it's, it's taking a Regardless. It, do, it doesn't matter. All right, yeah. Anyway, I think you're wrong. <laughs> it's good, I guess. Uh, all right. So, Aquaman with the Trident of Atlan versus Thor Stormbreaker on a beach or something. Thor is gonna trounce him. Sorry, I don't disagree with you. And I love Aquaman; he's my favorite DC hero. But Thor is gonna beat him. Uh, this one says this keeps popping up. So why not Batman versus Black Panther? Black Panther. Why? Uh, well, his vibranium suit, uh, his natural fighting prowess, uh, you know, he's also extremely intelligent, 
as long as Batman doesn't have a dossier on him to know his weaknesses so he can plan ahead for all contingencies, which is what they do with Batman, Black Panther. Okay. Um, that one, that one's interesting to me because it's shown in the past that Batman kind of gets his ass kicked when he doesn't go in with any knowledge. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. If he has knowledge, he finds a way to cheat or take advantage of that knowledge, twist it into his favor. With no knowledge, Black Panther counts as Batman. Sorry. Just does. Uh, Batman versus Captain America. No extra shit. Just straight up Batman versus Captain America. Okay. Is this Captain America at his height of power? Um, so the pictures that are shown is it shows, um, the Batman from, uh, Arkham City. And, uh, the, the, uh, Age of Ultron Captain America. Well, he's movie. still pretty strong. Still had the super soldier serum in his ass, so Captain America will beat his ass. I mean, the, the big thing you have to keep, keep in that aspect to that is that it doesn't matter how many gadgets, uh, Batman has, and Captain hand America hand will not stop. Yeah. In hand-to-hand combat, Captain America is not going to stop. And Captain and, America has so much strength, he could take a dude's head off with a punch if he wanted to. Yeah. Just FYI. Batman's just a man in a suit. It, it's right. his intellect and gadgets right. is what makes him... And fighting prowess, yes. But he doesn't have but average, you know, just slightly above average adult male human strength because he works out. You know, he's got the strength of... Uh, finally honed adult male, but he doesn't have boosted strength, so he's not got super strength. Cap can bench press 600 pounds with one hand. Batman can't fucking do that. <laughs> and Cap is still fast with that strength, just as fast as Batman, so Batman doesn't have an advantage on Cap. Cap would win. Uh, the next one is Shazam versus Captain America with Mjolnir. I almost want to go Shazam, but we know how resilient Cap is, and there's something he could do to get him to revert to Billy Bats, and then he would knock him out with a blow from the pommel of Mjolnir and knock Batson out. You can go that route if you want, but if you want to go the other route and say, like, let's say Steve doesn't know... That Shazam is if Billy If he Batson. doesn't know that he is Billy Batson and can't manipulate him, then Shazam would win. Right. That was my thought. Um, Cyborg versus Iron Man. Cyborg. Yeah. Uh, because uh, yeah. of his ability to manipulate and reform shit on his body to tap in and hack into Stark's armor. Right. Because as, as a friend pointed out, his... his uh, his tech is technically mother box tech, which is alien mm-hmm. tech. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Teen Titans versus Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, I was like, the Teen Titans are fun and all, but they're still kids. They're still untrained. Like they don't, they're not good at what they do. They fail all the time. And it's the fucking Fantastic Four from the DC Universe show versus the Fantastic Four from the uh, the uh, Michael B. Jordan movie. <laughs> Ew. No. King Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I 
the next one is Doctor Fate versus Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Really? He's the Sorcerer Supreme, man. I mean, well, you got there so fast is why I'm like. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't know a shit ton about Doctor Fate's powers. Um. So I don't know exactly what his limits are or how much he can do. Uh, but I, I do know that one of them is kind of like a parody off the other or not parody, but uh rip off the other or whatever you want to say. I don't well, remember. Dr. Fate's I, been around, Dr. Fate's been around since, uh, 1940. So, you know, let's look at his powers and ability. Yeah. Some of these others are, are pretty. He's got the helmet of fate, a mystical artifact that transforms its right. wearer into a master of magic. Various powers granted by the helmet include, but are not limited to, spell casting, flight, superhuman strength, and vulnerability, telekinesis, telepathy, pyrokinesis, and lightning manipulation. He is unable to counteract spells that have already been cast and are in effect. Fate's magic manifests in the shape of Egyptian hieroglyphs, such as the Ankh. Fate's powers have been described as the true conversion of energy into matter and matter into energy. So let's look at Doctor Strange. I think with what you just read, Dr. Fate wins. I don't think Dr. Strange has those kind of abilities. Like he has spellcasting, but that might be it. And then again, he did die a shit ton of times from Dormammu in the movie. Alright, Dr. Strange is a practicing magician who draws his powers from mystical entities such as Agamotto, Satarak, Akon, Ashtur, Ragador, and Watun who lend their energies for spells. Strange also Strange also wields mystical artifacts, including the Cloak of Levitation, which enables him to fly, the Eye of Agamotto, an amulet whose light is used to negate evil magic, the Book of Ashanti, a grimoire which, consists, which contains vast knowledge of white magic, and the Orb of Agamotto, a crystal ball which is used for clairvoyant. In addition, he's trained in several martial arts disciplines, including Judo and shows proficiency with numerous magically conjured weapons, including swords and axes. Uh, no, Dr. Fate would win just because of the invulnerability factor. That's exactly my thought process. Exactly my thought. I was like, I was like, if that, that helmet, if that helmet gets knocked off, he has nothing, though. And Dr. Strange is in- incredibly, I mean, he's Tony Stark levels of intelligence. Yes. So he could easily figure out a way to take that helmet off. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, Doctor Strange might win it just because yeah. he would he would he would know that with the clairvoyance. Yeah, exactly. So I'm oh. gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing and give it to Doctor Strange. Yeah, same here. Just with that, <laughs> that was fun. All right, um, <clears throat> Ra's Al Ghul versus Iron Fist, or well. Ra's Al Ghul as they fucking like. I always mispronounce it. Apparently. It doesn't specify anything, so I assume Iron Fist still has his Iron Fist. Um, I don't know that Rajal Ghul has any abilities beyond his just incredible fucking fighting prowess. Uh, and I don't think he could just use the well immediately. So, um, I'm I'm going to lean towards Iron Fist, but let's let's here we go. There was like 19 different entries for Iron Fist powers Yeesh. and abilities, and Powers and ability. Due to his expanded lifespan of longevity, 
Reyes has accumulated vast knowledge of hand-to-hand combat, chemistry, detective, artistry, physics, and martial arts, all of which are greater than that of Batman. He's also gained many international contacts and vast fortune over the course of centuries. In combat, he favors more ancient weaponry. These include scimitars, katana, bolas, throwing stars, smoke pellets, miniaturized explosives, also assisted by his devoted muscle-bound servant, Ubu. His greatest tools are his green Lazarus pits, which heal any injury, including recent death, and restore the user back to the prime of life, but cause temporary insanity, or for those already insane like the Joker, sanity. His constant exposure to the pits have granted him slightly enhanced endurance, strength, and healing, but comes with the price of gradual onset of insanity if overused. Along with that, he has been shown to possess a certain degree of proficiency with mysticism in an effort to guarantee its continued existence. So on several occasions demonstrated the ability to transfer his soul into the bodies of others, giving him a way to live on in the event his physical body is destroyed and unable to be transported into a Lazarus pit. Um. Alright. For Iron Fist, plunging his fist in the molten heart of the dragon Shaolau, the undying and uh, the undying. Infused the dragon's superhuman energy into Rand, along with it being trained by Lei Kung, the Thunderer. It gave Rand the power of the Iron Fist, allowing him to summon and focus his chi energy and enhance his natural abilities to extraordinary levels. Strength, speed, stamina, durability, agility, reflex, and senses are all greatly intensified. He can concentrate his own chi and superhuman energy into, from the Shaolin Elf's heart into his hand, with it manifesting as a supernatural glow in his hand and fist. So concentrated, this Iron Fist can strike with superhuman hardness and impact, while his hand becomes impervious to pain and injury. However, summoning, summoning the power required by the feat leaves Rand physically and medically drained, unable to repeat the act for a time as long as the entire day in some instances, though after years of using the ability it has become less draining. He can focus G inward to heal himself and outward to heal others of injury, as well as give himself psychic senses and to telepathically fuse his consciousness with another person. He's also skilled acrobat, gymnast, master of all Kunlun martial arts, as well as various fighting styles from Earth, including Shaolin Kung Fu, Aikido, Fujin, White Crane, Judo, Karate, Muay Thai, Ninjutsu, and Wing Chun. Hmm. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, considering if Iron Fist actually uses the Iron Fist, he punches a hole through Rashad Ghoul's heart. That's Really, That's the only basically edge, the yeah. only way he can take him out. But other than that, it's pretty much a dead even heat. Yeah, I was gonna say the the only the real only uh, uh, advantage over either character in the moment of the fight is is uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, I'll That's, have to give it. I'll, I'll have to go Iron Fist on this. As yeah, long as he can land the, as long as he can land the blow to disable Rashad Ghoul before, which I believe he, he could. tires, and I think he could because. He is, uh, knowledge is one thing, but heightened senses and agility and, uh, durability and stamina and all that is another. So, you can get the edge to Iron Fist. Um, all right, so the next one is Joker versus Green Goblin. Uh, well, I mean, the Joker is batshit insane, but a lot of his stuff requires planning. Goblin's right. got a glider and pumpkin bombs, and, you know, he's also batshit crazy. I'm going to go Green Goblin. I'm absolutely going Green Goblin. It's about gadgets in the moment, 
And as much yeah. as I love the Joker, he's he doesn't have that many gadgets in the moment. His cha- he's he's chaos intentionally to fuck with Batman. He does he doesn't fight well. He um uh his gadgets are usually for whatever planning he has. And I doubt that if you have the Green Goblin versus the Joker, the Green Goblin's gonna have shit on him. Like period. Like he just already mm-hmm. has it. So it's he's got that man purse full of pumpkin bombs and shit. Right. Uh, this next one is a bit of a dead even heat. Um, if there's an, a power and ability I don't know, uh, Martian Manhunter versus Vision. Uh, Vision. Martian Manhunter is terribly afraid and vulnerable to fire. Oh, that's fucking right. I forgot about his weakness. Yeah, yeah, Vision easily. Vision doesn't have a weakness like that. He couldn't just transform into something. Vision could literally pretend he's on fire. <laughs> He could light something on fire. He could make a line of fire around him and he or a circle and, and Martian Manhunter would be completely fucking Yeah, no, sorry. Okay, Didn't think well, of that. Well well here it is. Vision's uh being described as every inch a human being except that all his bodily organs are constructed of synthetic materials. The solar jewel on his forehead absorbs ambient solar energy to provide the power needed for him to function. He is also capable of discharging this energy as optic beams. With this, he can fire beams of infrared and microwave radiation. In extreme cases, he can discharge the same power through the solar jewel, which amplifies its destructive effects considerably, albeit at the cost of losing most of his resources. Uh, Yeah, vision, hands down. Yeah, easily. I I forgot about fucking Marshman Hunter's weakness. Next one's really funny to me. Deadshot versus Bullseye in a game of darts or something. Uh, to draw. Yeah, it really is. Like, he said that, and I was like, you know that it's just not going to end. They're just going to keep the end of each other's arrow, or dart, or whatever. Uh, this next one should be kind of easy. Deathstroke versus Deadpool without regeneration. Dude, Deathstroke has far more fighting prowess and skill than, than Deadpool. I think so. Uh, to me... I think so. If you're going to limit Deadpool to where he can't heal himself, then Deathstroke gets the edge. Yeah, exactly. Give give Deadpool the, the regeneration. Deathstroke, and Deathstroke's yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, I don't know who this first character is, <laughs> but I assume with similar powers... So, Lady Shiva versus Taskmaster. I can hear typing, which means that he is looking up Lady Shiva. Well, she's pretty badass. I'm going to read her powers and abilities to you. I literally have absolutely no clue who that is. She's part of the Birds of Prey. Uh. Alright, as for Lady Shiva has no superpowers. She's regarded as one of the best assassins and martial artists on the planet. She has mastered numerous martial arts such as Kung Fu, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, Wing Chun, Capoeira, Savate, Karate, Aikido, Kabuto, and Eskrima. She is able to read people's movements through their body language, predicting their movements beforehand. She taught this trick to her daughter Cassandra Kane, who became Batwoman. So, she's able to hold her own against multiple opponents. She is commonly seen as the world's foremost martial artist. As powerful as Richard Dragon and Batman, who is also considered to be one of the world's greatest martial artists, stated she may well be the best fighter alive. 
However, numerous martial artists have held their own against her or even defeated her. Um, let's see. As for Taskmaster, he injected himself with SS Hapstifenfuer Horse Ghost Primer. Sorry, I butchered that German translation. But it's an elaborate modification of the adrenal steroid cortisol designed to unlock the mind's procedural memory potential. Taskmaster thus gained the ability to absorb knowledge instantaneously. This ability is linked to his muscle memory, allowing the Taskmaster to instantly replicate the physical movement of peak-level humans. Using these photographic reflexes, he is highly skilled in various forms of combat as an exceptional martial artist, mimicking Electra, Iron Fist, and Shang-Chi, skilled swordsmen such as Black Knight, Silver Samurai, and the Swordsman, and deadly accurate marksmen, such as Captain America with a shield, Hawkeye with his bow and arrow, Punisher with firearms, Bullseye with various projectiles, as well as displaying a strenuously honed athletic ability as if with Black Panther and Deadpool. Once he has mastered an opponent's physical movements, he can predict his opponent's next attack. The only person shown capable of neg negating Taskmaster's abilities is Deadpool, whose manic personality makes him nearly impossible to predict. The side effect of the primary is severe declarative memory loss. The more implicit memories, uh, such as knowledge and abilities, he learns, the more explicit memories he loses. Because of this loss, the org has acted as Taskmaster's surrogate memory, his banker, and handler for his entire criminal career. So Taskmaster wins. Yeah, he can, re he can replicate human movement at near superhuman speed. Right. Also, which I knew, I kind of knew that about him already. Uh, so I was just like, like the the uh, the second you started finishing off Lady Shiva's stuff, I was like, Taskmaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So this next one's uh, I I don't know, I don't know. Uh, the Blue Beetle, Jamie Reyes specifically, versus Spider Man. I want to say Spider Man, but let's look. We know Spider Man's abilities. There's still quite a few to go, so we should probably okay, go a little I'm just faster. Gonna... Yeah. All right, Jamie Reyes, era Blue Beetle, powers and abilities. Uh, Blue Beetle scarab grafted onto Jamie's spine can manifest a number of powers of its own volition, usually accompanied by blue energy emitted by the scarab's antenna. Over the course of the first year, he had little of any control. Uh, the suit can reconfigure itself to produce a wide array of armaments, including energy cannon, sword and shield, grappling hook, device resembling the communication satellite, uh, powered long foot-long powered blades that can shear through tree trunks, can produce wings that can act for flight, act as shields. Uh, Blue Beetle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This version of him, yeah. All right. He took on the, he took on and harmed the Spectre. Spider-Man couldn't harm the Spectre. Gotcha. Uh, Nightwing versus uh, Black Widow. Black Widow just because she's willing to kill. Yeah, you know you're not wrong. I didn't think about that, but you're not wrong. Um, Doomsday versus the Incredible Hulk. Both only get stronger as they get angrier. Which is why they were uh, paired. <laughs> uh, 
I would have to give it to Hulk. Yeah. Uh, the only way Doomsday would win is if the Hulk were to actually have a heart attack uh, in the middle of the fight. Right. Uh, otherwise, the Hulk's going to win. And even if, like the current Hulk now, he's immortal, he can't die. If Bruce Banner dies, the Hulk resurrects him that night. It's like a werewolf. At night, the Hulk comes out, and the Hulk is invulnerable. Right, right. That was my thought. can't be stopped. So, Doomsday is just going down. Yeah. It'll be a long fight, but Hulk will win. Oh, yeah. Uh, The next one is Wonder Woman versus Captain America. Sorry, Captain Marvel. Sorry. Oh. Wonder Woman versus Captain Marvel. My bad. Captain Marvel, then. I mean, Wonder Woman's strong. She can fly. She's durable as fuck. But well, she, she can't to... do the shit that Captain Marvel can do. Right. I was going to say, yeah, Wonder Woman can... She's she's invulnerable, like you said. Uh, extremely durable. Uh, superhuman strength. Like she... Invulnerable doesn't mean she can't be knocked out, though. Oh, my God. She could easily be knocked out by Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. this, one, this one was the one that was trending for a hot minute. Was Darkseid versus Thanos without the Infinity Gauntlet? Or stones? Okay. Um, Thanos by himself is still pretty badass. I'm sorry, but he's not uh, as strong as Darkseid. Let's see. He's an Eternal. So, he's got bionic amplification, mysticism, power bestowed by death. He's got enormous superhuman strength, speed, stamina, immortality, and invulnerability, among other qualities, such as absorption and projection of vast quantities of cosmic energy and capable of telekinesis and telepathy. And he can manipulate matter and live indefinitely without food, air, or water, cannot die of old age, and is immune to all terrestrial diseases and the high resistance of psychic assault. So Darkseid wins. Uh, Let's see. No, that's that. That wasn't Dark Side. Was Thanos? That was Thanos without anything. Wow, the, the movies did him dirty side. then. <laughs> yeah, the movies really underpowered him. Uh, I didn't know Dark that side, about him. Power of the Omega. Yeah, the Omega beams. Uh, Dark Side's main power, form of energy, fires from his eyes or hands, as either a concussive force or disintegrating energy, which is capable of erasing. Living objects and organisms from existence. Such super beings. Some super beings, such as Superman and Doomsday, have proven to be resistant to the beings. Although in the case of Superman, with a great deal of pain. Uh, Galactus was unaffected by them in a crossover story. The beams stem from cosmic energy stored called the Omega Effect. You can also resurrect falling beings previously killed by them depending on Darkseid's will. He can sometimes use this as punishment upon those who fail him, but are too valuable to kill outright. Omega sanction traps organisms. Uh, his strength is being dep- depicted as immensely high. He has overpowered two Kryptonians at once and the entire Justice League. He can move with great speed, been able to catch Superman off guard, react in nanoseconds. Uh, he can hold his own against an Olympian god such as Zeus. He has additional powers powers of telepathy and telekinesis to create sonic avatars. 
but he is a deity. He is not truly immortal, has been killed. Thanos. Thanos wins. Interesting. Comic Thanos versus Comic Dark Side. No extra powers at their base. Thanos wins. I well, Okay. All right. I mean, you read exactly what their powers were and stuff, and I, yeah, I didn't know all that about Thanos. I read, I read the That's Infinity why Gauntlet. That's so the, badass. Well, I read the Infinity Gauntlet saga, and I just didn't, yeah, I, I Jesus, all right. Um, yeah, the movie's really severely underpowered. Yeah, they did. Uh, the next one is The Flash versus Quicksilver. The Flash. Easily. Uh, Nothing against Petey. I like, I like him, but the Flash, hands down. Yeah. Uh, the Speed Force is completely different than what Quicksilver uses. The Speed Force is extremely overpowered. Um, Green Lantern versus Victor Von Doom. I mean, I love Doom, but I don't see him beating the Green Lantern. <laughs> no. Like, if you not, gave Doom... Not, and not, if Doom had knowledge and planning... Maybe? Doom, well, I was also Doom. thinking, like, if it was Green Lantern versus Doom with a yellow ring, that would be very interesting. Uh, because then Doom I would, would give win. it to Doom. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's without without anything. So, I got, yeah, Green Lantern, unfortunately. I mean, it, especially, it shows the Hal Jordan Depends one. on which, uh, well, absolutely, absolutely Doom, then, because Hal Jordan sucks. You know, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're absolutely not wrong. What's he going to do? Punch him Punch him with big, giant, green boxing gloves and hit him with a fly sweater? Please. <laughs> Kyle, Rayner was, Kyle Rayner was the most awesome Green Lantern we ever had. That motherfucker made suits of armor and lightsabers. I don't, I don't, okay. I mean, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, you're not, uh, yes, but also I feel like, um, I can't think of his name. Uh, John Stewart. John Stewart. John Stewart was one of my favorites. And Guy Gardner is just a dick. <laughs> Guy Gardner is a piece and of if shit. You're basing, I love that piece of shit. If you're basing it on his ability to be a dick, Guy Gardner went. <laughs> oh, Victor man. Von Doom would beat Hal Jordan any day of the week with his hands tied behind his back. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I hate Hal Jordan. I just do. No, I, who, who the fuck does? If you like Hal Jordan everybody as Green Lantern... That, everybody that's happy he's been back for the past 10 years and Kyle's not been Green Lantern. Ugh. Yeah, they're all wrong. Uh, the last one on here is Superman versus Adam Warlock. I don't know, man. Let's let's look. Because Adam Warlock's incredibly powerful. Well, Warlock's got superhuman strength, speed, durability, stamina, agility, and the ability to ma manipulate cosmic energy for energy projection. Flight and recuperation, creating a cocoon for self-preservation and regeneration and immortality. He can be killed, but he cannot truly die as death cannot claim his soul. His power is increased with each resurrection. He can manipulate energy and manifest matter. He can use quantum magic. I mean, Adam Warlock, Superman's a, uh, weak to magic, and all Adam Warlock has to do is manifest the ra uh, uh, radiation from a red sun instead of a yellow sun and depower him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I was leaning towards Adam Warlock to begin with, but... I wasn't, but reading that, yep. All right, well, there you go. I didn't even finish I ain't even finished because here's the thing: he can use he can manip manipulate quantum energy and create force fields, teleport, travel faster than light, 
and detect or produce wormholes and other irregularities in space. Good Lord. He can also transmute dead bodies and perform exorcisms and view the aura and the soul of an individual. And Warlock has more powers than I thought he did. Highly resistant to soul-manipulating powers of others. As a cosmic being, he possesses acute ultra-senses, enhanced perceptions that allow cosmic awareness and can perceive both cosmic and mystic occurrences, and is considered an astral outsider, a position that prevents other cosmic beings from fully understanding and accurately perceiving his next action. Yeah, super good. No, no, no. Nope. Nope. I wholeheartedly agree. All right, we should wrap this up since it is approaching two hours on the recording. I don't know how would they edit. Holy shit! Yeah, I don't know if the editing will change any of that because there's a couple silent uh, moments. There's that- a couple. Of, there's a couple of a couple of some moments I'll cut down, but it'll probably maybe cut down three minutes at most. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and 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 tie this all up in a knot, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Um. Is it is it a, what kind of knot? Is it a balloon knot? It's a butthole. Yes. Um. Ah. <laughs> uh next week guys we are we are doing uh the Chris the Dark Crystal the Dark Age of Crystal Resistance. Age of Resistance. Jesus Christ. I don't know why I keep doing that. And Carnival Row on Amazon Prime. Uh yeah. I wasn't excited about Carnival Row and then I started seeing trailers for it recently. I was like, ooh, this looks really fun. Um I told you. Both shows come out the day this episode releases. Guys, last yep. week we also did, um, or actually not last week, the last episode that we Over did. Over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the summer movie wager ended, and uh, we tallied the scores. We have a winner. Um, and if you want to listen to that episode, we posted it. I posted it uh, Tuesday of this week. As a, so it's a bonus episode. Go give it a listen. As a small spoiler alert, I lost to Josh big time. Listening back on the episode, I had agreed to a bet to eat something that I didn't want to eat, and vice versa. Yeah, uh, which Josh's was cabbage. I'm so, uh, well, and knowing how devious my mind works, I probably would have been dumb to give you ideas of things that you probably would have made me eat coleslaw stuffed cabbage rolls smothered in sauerkraut, uh, or something like that, and I. Bleh. Yeah, pretty much. But well, what you have in store fortunately, for me? <laughs> I've got something vile in store for you. Uh, it's fucking awful. Um, I, I mean, I yeah, uh, yeah. We're gonna make a video of it when we do it. Yes. It'll be posted to the YouTube channel. We're gonna try to get it done before next uninhibited. Um, yeah. No guarantees, though. No guarantees. I, mean, I but... could make. I could make this drag out for a while. The anticipation and dread. <laughs> Oh, you're the worst. Anyway. Um, I really am. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, guys, we run down the top 10 and actually top 13 movies that gross during the summer. It's actually very interesting because there's some movies that didn't make it that we thought were going to and vice versa. Um, so go check that episode out. Yeah, yeah. who would have thought that Endgame would have you know, been number one? I never would have thought that, right? Right, exactly. Uh... <laughs> Uh, before we end this, Josh, where can they find you online? Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook under my regular name and under my profile, which is public. All of my social media accounts are linked there. So if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, what have you, you can find me there. Uh, and uh, in addition to doing this show with Greg every week, I also do a show called MP 
SP Theater, which is short for Masterpiece Shitpiece Theater, uh, on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, and that's a live podcast that we do every Friday night around 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, but that's where I am. What about you, Greg? Uh, you can search any social media for Chub Rock Geek, and you will find me there. Um, I also do a uh, video game news discussion podcast called Mission Start Podcast, which uh, goes up every Monday. I don't know when Anthony puts it up, but if you go to missionstartpodcast.com, we always post the new episodes there. Um, also, if you follow the Mission Start Podcast on any place you get your podcast from, you will find our podcast there as well. I also plan on doing uh, some Jackbox streams in the future. So if you go to Mixer or Twitch and follow Chub Rock Geek there, I'll go live on one of those two. Likely Twitch, just because that's where our audience are currently is. And why the hell would you move that? Ninja. If you get that well, reference. Well, I mean, I, it's working for him. I, kind of. There's there's a little bit there, but I'm going to discuss it right now. Yeah, other than that, guys, join us next week for Carnival Row and uh, Dark Crystal. It'll be a lot of fun, and we will see you guys next time. Take care, everybody.